Hi guys. I'm really excited to release this episode. It's with Tracy Litt. She is incredible. I love her. I just love her so much. I just listened to this episode and it makes me so happy. But Tracy is a therapist. She's a rapid transformational therapist. She's a certified mindset coach. She's a mother. I found her because I stumbled across a piece that she wrote that was picked up by Forbes and then Yahoo. And it's about this concept she developed called expander parenting. And I really loved it. I'll link the piece in the show notes. But then I listened to her TED talk and then I read her book and then I tracked her down until she agreed to come and talk to me. (laughs) But she's a rock star. You know, she really challenges women to better themselves at every turn in life and to just become your best self, to train your mind to become your best self. And this concept of expander parenting, as I listen back to the conversation, I can like smell my Instagram DMs from here, which I don't check. So please don't send me them. But she gives this example of a client she had who was offered a new job and it was seemed to be an incredible job, but it would have moved her children to another school district. I can hear people saying like, well, that's terrible. And the answer is is no, you won't take that job because you don't want to disrupt your children's lives. And I partially agree with that. I mean, that very well might be the right move, but I think her point here is really to just challenge the narrative that mom has to like dim her light or shrink down to fit this mold, to put everybody else first. And that mom deserves to live out her dreams too. And in doing so, she's actually inspiring her children to do the same. So there might be a creative alternative, right? To not switching school districts, or maybe there's an even better opportunity for your kids in another school district. I don't freaking know. This is not my situation. I just love the idea that she wants mom to be her best self. And when mom is her best self, her kids benefit the most. So there's a lot in our conversation. That's only one piece of it. I feel like as I do this podcast, I love talking about motherhood and parenting, but I also have like a lot of other interests. And this is obviously my passion project. Thank you very much for listening to me because you allow me to do this, but there's a lot of other things I enjoy to talk about as well. And Tracy's book is called Worthy Human. And it talks a lot about my other interests of personal development. And I really think that if you guys are into personal growth or self-development and you're a fan of like the Tony Robbins, Gabby Bernstein group, then you should pick up this book and read it. The premise of it is that we are all born worthy. And I had my therapist ask me once if I felt like I had self-confidence and I said, yes, immediately I said, yes. And then she started to like challenge different levels of my self-confidence And it was like so fascinating and illuminated all of these thoughts I didn't even know I had or these subconscious beliefs that I didn't even know I had where I really had like cracks in the foundation of my own self-worth. And until you know that that that's down there, deep down in your brain, there's no way to change it. So Tracy's book does that. It really allows you to question or to understand how you became who you are, right? How your personality was formed, any hangups that you may have that are holding you back in life. She kind of guides you to identify them and then supports you in 
challenging them and like reprogramming yourself. And it's really all rooted in self-worth and how to take, she calls it radical personal responsibility, which I love. And it's just taking ownership of all the shit you have in your life. She says you can either be a victim or a creator. I'm paraphrasing, but she essentially says you can either be a victim or a creator of your life. And for me, she identified some ways where I was definitely stuck in a victim mentality of blaming other people for small and big issues. I'm rambling. What else is new? But she is incredible. She's really, really freaking smart. She's super duper passionate about what she does. She runs a program called Mind Magic that I'm going to join as soon as I have a little bit of space in my brain. But yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. It's not all motherhood based. It's a lot of other stuff too, which I absolutely love to discuss and talk about. Tracy begins by sharing her personal story about how she became who she is today. And then we go into talking about all the other fun things. Here she is, Tracy Lit. So everything that happens throughout our lives is part and parcel to what drives us into who we become and the kind of callings and the awakenings we have along the way. For me, there were two marked awakenings. One was when I became a single mother with an eight-month-old daughter. And that's definitely not something we aspire to, right? Especially like having a baby. And that was my first moment when I really recognized that I had abdicated my power and that I was struggling with worth issues and I was tolerating beneath what I deserved. And then I let my higher self lead me from that moment. And then I pulled myself up through and then became a VP of HR, you know, 12 years later. And my soul was dying. We are taught to follow the lazy river of society. Just keep going. Don't ask. Don't question. Just flow. Just do it. And if you have any sense of eyes, ears, you know that it's not working for the world. So my call from that happened, you know, X amount of years ago. And now I don't even remember because I have no concept of time. But I answered the call and my soul was just, it wouldn't let up. You're meant for more. You have more capacity. You have this one life. What do you want to do with it? How good could it get? You're going to die anyway. So how big and risky and edgy can it be? And then I started researching different ways of helping people. And that took me down the path of psychotherapy and social work and hypnotherapy and then coaching. And I was like, what is this world? Everything has a massive like industry, but you don't know about it until you know about it. And I found coaching and I literally felt like I had like crawled through this wormhole and came out into this massive space. And I was like, yep, human potential. That's what I was made for. So you were a single mother with an Mm -hmm. eight month old. Mm -hmm. As far as your motherhood journey, can we talk about how you reclaimed your power post separation? Absolutely. It's one answer. And I was finally willing to love myself enough to be honest, to recognize that I was masquerading in confidence, but I was a victim of my life. You know, and it still brings the emotion to this day because we are either victims or we're creators. And you can't be in both energies at the same time. 
And when I had that awakening, which was literally like, you know, like, like straight up dark night of the soul shit. Like I was crying on the garage floor on the cement snot bubble fetal position, shaking, dry heaving. My daughter, Taylor, who's now 19 years old, was in her crib in the house, crying her eyes out like a baby should, you know, because she didn't want to sleep or whatever. That was the moment where I was like, what are you doing? What have you been tolerating? Stop bullshitting yourself. Stop covering it up. And it was all of my not enoughness. It was all of my not good enough. It was all my not smart enough. It was all of me trying to fit into what everybody was going to say. Oh, look, she's doing good, you know, and fit that round hole into the square peg come hell or high water. And then I firmly know and believe that the universe gives you exactly what you need when you need it. And if you're willing to heed what's coming forth, it's gift upon gift, right? So that was really it. It was, okay, I'm done being a victim. I have the power. Now I'm going to apply the power. That shifted everything. You talk about worth, being worthy. You realize that you are worthy. You're either a victim or a creator. And the beginning of the book is really an awakening. Like you're having these revelations of, oh, I'm blaming everybody else. I'm the only one with the power. I still heard this voice in the back of my head being like, but why do you deserve it? Like, but why do you deserve it? Mm. How would you answer that voice? Oh, this is so good. I'm so happy <laughs> we're here right now. I feel so warm. That I don't deserve it is the voice that perpetuates the I'm not enough game. It's the voice that prohibits you from realizing that it's safe for you to be happy. It's safe for you to recognize the inherent truth of your worth and your wholeness. To me, worth and enoughness and wholeness, it's all the same thing. What happens is, and this is the core of our work, you know, mind magic is our main program. And this is where we really start to uncover the lies and we start to learn and realize like, wait a minute, my thoughts are options, not facts. If a thought is populating, it says, yeah, but do you still deserve it? Where is that thought coming from? Because it's not coming from your higher self. It's not an expansive thought. It's not a helpful thought. The thoughts that our mind populates come from ego, fear, and past experience. So if we're still screwing around with the I'm not enough game because you simply haven't embedded the truth yet, then those thoughts are going to come forth, not because they're right, but because your mind and body your brain and nervous system are wired for survival. And what that means in a why you need to give a shit level is because what they're fighting for is same, 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 same. So even though you and I can talk about deservancy and wholeness and seven-figure companies and orgasms every other day and motherhood and all these beautiful things, If that is different than what your experience has been, your system will use limited thinking in an effort to get you to believe that thinking and do nothing and stay the same. It makes sense. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that I've been speaking about this a lot lately. It's like, we just forgot who we are. It's really like, so let's not get intense about it. I don't like to do any of the work we do through some heaviness. It's not heavy. Your purpose as a spiritual energetic being having human experience is to come and work on yourself. That's the deal. We're supposed to evolve. If you're not evolving, you're dying. 
every perceived problem that everybody's so overwhelmed with and frustrated by and exhausted and burnt out would be alleviated as soon as you decide to go within and actually work on the common denominator. The scientific truth is that we are derived energetically from the same things as cells and atoms and stars and the galaxy and the universes. If you really take it up to the hot, fiery point 14 billion years ago that was somewhere in the cosmos and then the Big Bang. I don't know. Do you like the show Big Bang Theory? It's one of my favorite shows. Do you like <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Right? Like, just listen to the theme song to that uh-huh. and it'll give you the whole science lesson because it's science, not like Tracy's ideas on life. When the Big Bang occurred and then the universe was born, as was the speed of light, the frequencies kept dropping slower and slower to ultimately arrive at form and substance and matter, and matter is our third dimensional reality. So why this matters to your wholeness is because you come from pure love and pure source and divinity and pure consciousness. What's scientifically real is that you are whole and love and light and source, and you are pure fucking energy. So then what changes when you recognize, this is such a great moment, when you recognize your original question, which is there, but like, there's this little voice still in the back that's like, yeah, but you don't deserve it. That's not your highest self. That's not the truth of who you are. That's your humanness. That's your third dimensional consciousness fighting to keep you the same, keep you struggling, keep you separate, keep you in lack, keep you disconnected from the truth of who you are. You get people jiving and understanding the real truth of science and spirituality, game on which is my literal mission in life, right? Game on. When you talk about energy and energetic health in the book, you bring it up. You bring up the celestial bodies, the cause. I'm like, I get so into this stuff and I feel like it sounds kind of woo-woo to other people, but the way that you describe it is really practical. You know, you take these really abstract concepts that just kind of sound like maybe you're like on a mushroom trip or something and you make it really (laughs) real, you know? Thank you. Because I've I've read a lot of books and a lot of people, I'm like, you sound kooky, but no, it makes sense. It it makes sense. And it's beautiful and it's empowering. And you say your life's work is to raise the consciousness. And I feel like people will read this and it's like the fear comes and you empower all these people. Some people think they're going to lose power. And that's where all this division comes from. It's just Mm -hmm. incredible. Your work's incredible. We talk a little bit about expander parenting because I want to make sure I get the motherhood piece in here Mm -hmm. as it relates to worth and deserving because a lot of the audience here is moms. So how did you come up with this concept? What does it mean? So here's how this was born. It was in Mind Magic. Mind Magic is filled with women entrepreneurs and women leaders that are committed to taking themselves to the next level right through all the work we're talking about. And this was actually wasn't even voice to voice. That's how potent this was. It was like a Facebook thread in the group. And one of my clients who is rock star, amazing, what a gift to this world. She does uh, subconscious marketing messaging. She teaches people how to access marketing through a whole different way, right? And she was in mind magic, realizing who she was, starting to blow up, doing those things. And then she had made a comment about something and she was refraining from considering this gorgeous house that they had found because it was going to take what her younger boys into a different school district. Like they live in South Miami. So like from one area to another area. And when we drilled down to it, it was all about mom guilt. 
It was all about if we do that and I keep getting more and more successful and making more impact and then I want to expand our life and blah, 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 then the boys are going to have to shift schools and what's that going to mean for them and their friends and da, 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 da. And that's when Expander Parenting was born because it was hurting me to watch her voluntarily limit herself and shrink back because of the bullshit construct. Because guilt in general is a bullshit construct, and I'll break that down. But mom guilt especially is just like this old school drip down martyrdom game from great grandmother to grandmother to mother to you. And then if we don't change it now, because we're in the consciousness revolution, right? Like we're geeking out on this. Our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers didn't have neuroplasticity. They did not understand the quantum field. They didn't have the technology that was measuring human potential and change and epigenetics and breaking patterns and ah, right. So like, if we don't do it, who the hell's going to do it? So while we're going back and forth, I literally said, I was like, what if you considered expander parenting instead to went to like, what's that? I was like, well, I just made it up. I'll get right back to you. And then I wrote a whole piece on it. (laughs) Then I sent it to her and then Forbes and Yahoo picked it up because it's so pervasive. And because quite frankly, it's so unacceptable. So the concept of expander parenting is the paradigm of where mom guilt comes from and the old school lens of being a good mom, right? And expander parenting starts with, I don't want you to be a good mom, is because a good mom in our society at large, not in totality, but at large, is defined as the way I love my kids is by putting them first. The way I love my kids is by prioritizing them over all things. The way I love my kids is by being right there at all times, right? All that kind of first, first, first. And my argument is, what if the most incredible, highly conscious way to love our children to make this a more progressive world is to prioritize yourself and do as much as you can to reach your limitless potential, because then you are showing them what's possible. From where I sit, and I have three daughters, one biological, two-step, but we've been blended since they're three, five, and six, so we're all just, they're my children. And I know it now because they are almost 17, 19, and 20, and they have watched me build this company. And does that mean that I don't make dinner? Yep. And does that mean that I haven't gone to every basketball game? Mm-hmm but I'm showing them what's possible. And that to me is the highest level of love. You're giving women permission almost to be themselves. It's the most freeing, liberating, empowering thing we can be. I remember my husband said to me, if I go into New York City and I cover this event and I do this thing, I'm going to miss this. Well, what would you want her to do when she's older? What would you want Ava to do? Would you want her to pass up this awesome opportunity to go to this thing and interview these people? And Because she should. And I got my ass up and I went and did it. But I do feel like it's a revolution. You mentioned the drip process of what your grandmother gives to your mother and gives to you. And we're just like interrupting that pattern, yeah. which starts with awareness, starts with raising our consciousness. Will you elaborate on guilt? What I'd like to share about guilt, because also guilt is like one of the most pervasive emotions of the people who raised us. I'll just say that. Because of how the patriarchy influenced women's perceptions of self, right? Because our grandmothers and our mothers, our great-grandmothers were raised in different times. 
Guilt, 99.9% of the time, is unhelpful. There is guilt that is actually helpful, right? What guilt has turned into is like a generational emotional habit. The world in which guilt is helpful in the small percentage is like, we went out for drinks. You're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can drive. And you drive and you get into a car accident and you hurt yourself or somebody else. That is actually helpful emotional guilt because it causes a point of self-reflection. It causes a point where you feel a depth of emotion to where you're like, whoa, not I'm a shitty person. I made a shitty choice. I'm feeling this guilt come over me. Let me give myself grace and let me assess how I'm going to shift this behavior. So when guilt is used in that very effective, appropriate way, great. The issue is, is that 99.9% of the time, and I give this visual of like, women just have this like bucket of guilt sitting next to them. And then anything they do, they're just like, hold on one second. Let me just rub myself down. Let me just fucking take it and rub myself down and all this guilt. Oh, good. Now I feel heavy. Now I feel bad. Now I feel like, you know, I'm not good enough. Now I can proceed. So when we look at it like that, it's like, okay, mom guilt is just such a crock. (laughs) <laughs> it just is. It's like so ridiculous. Yep. Why? Why? That's what because I'm saying. The patriarchy is going to hate this book. They're yes, going to well, hate these ideas because <laughs> they're so freaking empowering. Oh my God. Wait wake until, up to the truth. Wait until I send you the uh, ebook and audio book, audio podcast that I'm about to drop called Expander. Ooh. Seven paradigms. I'm calling out seven paradigms and Expander okay. Parenting is one of them. But that's the point. It's like we have to stop perpetuating patterns and habits and behaviors and paradigms and constructs that got us to where we are because they are actively interfering with the progress and potential of where we can go individually as women, as mothers, as founders, as leaders. And in order for the world to change, each individual woman has to shift and change because you don't change the world by looking outside in the world and thinking you're changing the world in one felt swoop. You are doing it internally by each person understanding what personal power is and understanding that they are energy and understanding they have consciousness and programming and choices and healing and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, the world's going to be dramatically different. We talk a little bit about radical personal responsibility and what that means. The way that you would describe radical personal responsibility, I found myself throughout my day, you know, when my three-year-old son is my shadow, I'm like, just give me a minute. Like, let me pee by myself. I'm tripping over him in the kitchen trying to cook. And I was like, wait a minute, he's not doing anything wrong. I am choosing to be irritated right now. I'm choosing to be frustrated right now. He's going to be out of the house. And it just opened up this river of... um I was empowered. I was empowered to change how I feel. So it really shifted things for me. And then of course I went on vacation. I came back a week later and it's like, you got to keep picking it up. You got to keep doing the work over and over again. It's like taking a shower. You're going to get dirty again. Got to keep doing it. That's kind of where it started for me. So if you can explain this concept, radical personal responsibility. So radical personal responsibility. Let's break it down quickly. So radical means like radical, like everything. There's not one thing I'm leaving out of this topic, all encompassing everything radical. Personal means you, you are the generator. You are creating your own experience. It is coming through you. It is of you. Everything that's happening in your external experience is coming from you. And responsibility is your ability to respond differently 
and the ownership. There is no next level anything. There is no spiritual ascension. There is no next level wealth building. There is no next level impact making without unadulterated ownership. And the reason why I talk about it where the human is because the thing that stops people the most from taking radical personal responsibility is the misconception that they're not enough. When you are still struggling in the not enough game, you don't want to put your hand up and be like, yo, that was me. That was all me. Because if you're seeing through the lens of not enoughness, then you don't want it to be quote your fault. So you don't want to take responsibility because then it drives you to feel worse about yourself. And that whole thing is a lie. That whole thing is just garbage. What you realize about radical personal responsibility is that it's the way you actually actively love yourself the most. It is a depth of honesty. Oh, you know, when you come into the work, the book starts the work, right? When you come in and you get coached and you're in the groups and we're doing the work, we talk about the honesty behind the honesty which is what you just shared about your son, right? So it's like, if I were to say to you, hey, Kristen, why are you frustrated? Well, he's just under my feet all the time. I'd be like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. that's not what's really real. If you take RPR and you get really honest, what's underneath that, right? What's the honesty behind the honesty? And then you realize, well, I'm allowing myself to get frustrated and annoyed with him. And if we really went deeper, and why is that? What do you really need, Kristen? Where are you not honoring yourself? Where are you doing too much? Where are you not asking for help? Because you're starting to churn your own resentment. Boom. Yes. Now we're in a place. Into my play. soul. Yeah. No, it's so good. Radical personal responsibility. We take ownership of how we are feeling, right? I don't feel this way because my husband was an asshole. I don't feel this way because my son's annoying. I don't feel this way because my boss was a jerk. I feel this way because of the meaning I am giving to my external circumstances. And now it is up to me to decide if I want to feel that way or if I want to choose a better path. What is the next step? Post-awareness, you're aware of how you're feeling. What do we do next? You talk about the art of change, the art of transformation. If you can explain how that works. It is nuance like we're always making something mean something, even though inherently everything's meaningless. Does that mean inherently everything is meaningless? Nothing has meaning until you give it meaning. So the fact that you're sitting in traffic doesn't mean you're having a shitty day and you can't believe nobody's a good driver. That's the meaning you're infusing into it. The fact that my client didn't renew for another round doesn't mean that you're a bad coach or your business is going to turn to shit. The fact that the program that you launched have three people instead of the 15 people you wanted doesn't mean that success is not for you. The fact that your spouse walked in and was a bitch or a dick doesn't mean that they don't respect you and your marriage is on the brink. But that's where we go. And this is why it's like deeper. I'm going to give you an actual art of change answer in a minute. But that's why it requires space and time and great mentorship and doing the work because there is kind of topical meaning infusion. Like, okay, wait a minute. So I can stop and I can do that. But it's also about what emotions is your system used to feeling? Because if you are still struggling with allowing yourself to connect to yourself and connect to others and being vulnerable, your psyche will drive that my husband's a dick because then it gives you something to blame or rest on that actually keeps you from being connected. 
So there's so much underneath that deserves to be illuminated because once you see it, you won't unsee it. And that's when the game gets really fun. And then that brings us to the art of change. This is the rubber meets the road, most challenging moment. And I'll tell it in a story because it'll be helpful. When your system is aroused by the emotions that it is used to, right? It feeds those emotional addictions because your behaviors and your lens on life and the meanings you infuse and the thoughts you think and the people you spend time with, it's literally like you're shooting up. You're like, okay, feed that addiction. Give it to me. Give it to me. When your system is aroused, feeling the feelings that it's used to, it's like, yeah, like it's like, give it, yeah, you know, like it actually, it's like weird, it like feels good because you're feeding it what it is used to feeling. The most game-changing and challenging part of any transformation, and I want to be clear, whether it's moving from someone who worries to someone who really trusts the universe is in ease, moving from someone who hides to someone who's unabashed online about sharing their services, okay? Moving from someone who like doesn't really want to be intimate with their partner to, to like ravenous sex beast, right? Whatever that is. The moment where you need to make a conscious new choice when your system is getting fed and aroused to who you used to be, that's when you shift. That's when you change. So here's the story. My husband and I, this is like a couple of years ago, we're going on a date, we're driving, but right before we get in the car, we get into like an argument. Nothing significant, nothing significant, an argument. But it's starting to feed my ego. And I'm starting to, oh, I'm pissed off and I'm pissed off. No, 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 no. So we get in the car and he's driving and I'm sitting passenger and I've got my arms crossed and I'm looking out the window, all like drama, you know, looking out the window. It comes fucking annoying, you know, just like, I've, you know. I've never done this. Oh, yeah. I okay. No like, idea what you're talking right, about. Exactly. You're like, uh, you are me and I am you, which is also why I love working with women because like, exactly. we don't have to say much. You're just like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there with my arms crossed, right? And I'm just like seething, just feeding that emotion of, just like, I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to be disconnected from him. And at some point he's like, Hey, you know, cause we do a lot of work on ourselves. He's like, Hey, is there a world where you can move out of this so we can just go have a good dinner? And of course I'm like, oh, who's he to tell me? You know, and this is like yeah. the, the old shit, the ego voice, all of that. And then this is where the rubber meets the road. And I'm sitting there with myself and I'm like, okay, Trace, you are the work. So I know to notice that's step one. So I'm describing to you the choice method, which is a piece of our proprietary piece in mind magic. So this will be really helpful. So the first thing you do is you notice. So I start to notice, all right, isn't it interesting that you're really jacked up and you're actually like affirming it and you're, you're taking yourself deeper into it. That's really interesting. All right. So this is called your non-judgmental observer, your NJO, right? All right. Wow. That's interesting. All right, cool. So I do have the desire to have a nice dinner, right? So it's like you start to come back to like not being crazy. And I'm like, okay, so what's my next move? I got to interrupt my system. And this is the critical part. Most people tell you, notice and then make a new choice. Your nervous system is not capable of making a new choice when it is aroused. It's a non-starter. So the next step is interrupt if it's safety. So I'm sitting there, but I'm still not fully ready. So I'm doing it without him knowing. So I'm just breathing. I'm breathing in slowly and I'm breathing the exhale out longer than the inhale, starting to ignite my vagus nerve, starting to get my system to be like, all right, you're chilling. And now I feel dropped into my body and I'm starting to notice my arms are loosening. I'm like, okay, now you're primed to make a new choice, but you can't make the new choice because you as the current version of you will continue to make the old choice. So you ask the key question in the work, 
Well, what would she do? Your she, we've connected already to your vision and the woman you're describing and you create a she manifesto and we do all this gorgeous work. And in my answer, my she is like living, sitting at the edge of a beach house in this gorgeous white caftan. And she is like, it's shocking. She even has a body. She's so energetic and so connected and so soulful. And what would she do? She would smile. She would reach out and touch his hand and just enjoy the love. And that's what I did. Cause that's the steps. It's literally like notice, interrupt. What would she do? Do the damn thing that she would do. You do that enough times you won't recognize your life. You say you do it enough times, you won't recognize your life. Can you talk about mind magic, what you guys do in that? Yes. So mind magic is our core group program. We are doing, when I say the work, it's all the work from you remembering who you are, creating really, really gorgeous vision of like what your future is, because we have to start with that. We anchor it with who do you need to become? Who is the version of you that exists inside that vision? Because bringing a vision from the field into your third dimensional reality is about who you be, not about the tactics or the strategic efforts to bring that vision into reality. We do really incredible belief identification. Like I actually show you core origin belief and how it gets created and you identify the deepest ones. And then we reprogram your subconscious through this incredible both. I'm a hypnotherapist as well. So there is a hypnotherapy that happens, but then there's also this really incredible new, this is new consciousness meditation that I've created where it is literally bringing you into your next level self. We break emotional addictions because you have to take a look at your energy. So you're vibrating based on your emotions. So what emotions are you used to feeling? Because if you've been used to feeling guilt and resentment and fear and worthlessness, your system's not going to be like, oh, great, you could be happy and blissful and radiant now. You have to understand the art of change, the science of change, right? And how to actually become her and teach your body the emotions of your future now. So we're doing all of that delicious deep work. We do two weeks on fear because that's like my starting points, my TED Talks on fear and how to shift your relationship with fear and how to regulate your nervous system to be in a safe space, even though it's unfamiliar. We're doing thought work and meaninglessness work and consciousness work. It is an identity evolution program. And by the time you come through the initial 10 weeks of work, right? And then two more weeks to support. We have women that generate in that amount of time, their one-year vision in three months. We have women that like get to the end and they're like, I can't even think like my old self if I try to. I can't even find that pathway anymore. And it's amazing. And then women stay and then they move on to stay in our community to continue to hone and integrate and embody because you're never done, right? We're always evolving. And one of the things that we are really working on and continue to work on is ensuring we have these communities where... This is the type of support, coaching, and community that you never give up, that you never stop. Because at the next level, new stuff's going to come up. The thing you thought was healed is going to be like, that's funny. Not so much. Let's go look at that again, right? (laughs) I love coaching. I have coaches sometimes multiple a year. I'm in programs, all those things. But when it comes to like, what's the thing I'll never give up? It's the inner work support because it's that essential. This was a huge turning point for me, how to change a belief, how to change your life. It's not a one-time thing. You're going to do it once and it's going to feel hard. It's going to feel really weird because like you explain in your book, our mind is a tool and it's 
primary function is to keep us safe. So when we introduce an idea that's unfamiliar, our mind is saying, hey, 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 whoa, 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 this is not safe. But your mind is not concerned what makes you happy, fulfilled, whole, content. Your mind is just wants to keep you alive because you are not your mind. Which the first time I heard that, I thought, what the hell is Deepak Chopra talking about? You are not your mind, you are not your body. But I get it now. I, I, I absolutely get it. But this idea of repetition, you know, being like the mother of skill, just keep doing it. Do it once. It's going to be hard. Maybe the next time it won't be as hard, but it'll still feel really like, oh, but he should know he's such an asshole, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You so get it. You so get it. And you're so fabulously easy to talk to. So thank you. But to what you're saying, right? So this is where it gets good. And this is why having community and great coaching and this kind of work is the answer. Because the part of you, and whether that was true or or an example, it's important. The part of you that said, but he needs to know he was being a dick. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Right? If I was your coach, I would be like, oh, yeah. I would pause there and I would pull, I call it pulling the rope. I would pull the rope on that because there's something in there. There's something not expressed. There's some sort of resentment. There's some sort of exhaustion. There's some lack of forgiveness. There's something going on that would create that language to come out of your mouth. And language is another thing we cover in mind magic because you're grossly underestimating every word you speak. But I know it's happening for you because of the words you speak. So even noticing that, it's like, oh, and then once you let that loose, and it could be just simply about you, it could be something that you haven't expressed. Whatever it is, you get to then get to the place where it is safe to be fully expressed. And that is the highest goal that we have. It could simply be you haven't felt your feelings in a while, right? It could be, I just need to rage. I would tell you, go to a rage room. I would give you the ball that we have when we do live events. I would just, sometimes you just got to let the shit out of your body because we're so disconnected from our bodies and we're keeping it all up in our heads. And then we wonder why we feel volcanic. Well, you can either start to let that shit up little by little and become clean and clear, or you can keep suppressing it and mounting and mounting and mounting and then want to kill somebody. Absolutely. No, in the book, you say the crying and laughing are energetic releases. And it's something that I don't think many people know. Our body is energy. As all this shit gets thrown at us during the day, if I do 20 minutes on the Peloton, the likelihood of me yelling at my kids in the evening is drastically lower. It's like I've just released all this pent up shit that I've been carrying around. And you can do it, you know, through exercise, breathing, laughing, crying, Mm -hmm. screaming into a pillow, screaming in your garage. I told my husband dead serious the other day. He's like, have you ever actually screamed into a pillow? And I said, absolutely. Yes. And it was really helpful. You know, I feel like people don't, they don't know this or they don't want to. They don't know it because we were never taught it. Because personal power was not a priority of our society, because our society is built on how do we manage billions of people, fear, lack, and separation. And not because there's a negative intention, but because nobody actually knew better. Now we know better. Now we're understanding. That's why the consciousness revolution is here. That's why I am like passionate, angry, assertive, aggressive, whatever people want to call it, because it's like, hello. We know things now. It's no different than you're not seeing commercials with women smoking Benson and Hedges going, don't I look beautiful? But you did in the 1960s because we know different. When was the last time anyone you know bought a loaf of white Wonder Bread? (laughs) You don't because they don't make that shit anymore because (laughs) we learned something better. (laughs) 
It is no different in our healing and our consciousness and our awareness. It is why COVID happened. It's why the world is waking up. It's why shit's breaking down. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go.